communication dish broadcasting on all frequencies. Power capacity reached. Disabling electric doors. Rerouting power. Message received from Nightmare Corp. Let's see how real we can make this nightmare. Sensors running. Begin test nightmare three. Something's outside the window. For the first time in his life, Jackie found himself alone in the house. He woke in the reclining chair in the living room. The snowy reception that comes on after TV stations shut down for the night filled the television screen and sent crazy shadows bouncing around the room. The surreal effect of the television's shimmering screen combined with the complete stillness of the house unsettled him. His sister Melanie had called frantically just after 10 p.m. Jackie answered the call, assuming one of his friends would be on the other line. I'm having a baby. Okay. This wasn't the call he hoped for. Get mom on the phone. I'm going. Don't have a cow, he said. Jackie didn't regard this as an emergency. All three of his sisters had kids. Hurry up, little Jackie. I'm going, he snapped. He hated his nickname. Mellow out. Every time one of the girls gave birth, Jackie endured the same boring, pointless, and most of all, long, trip to the hospital. But tonight ended differently. Jackie lounged on Dad's chair watching television while his parents got ready. In a panic, as always. Mom's unprecedented question blew him away. Do you want to come with us? Do you want to go with us? Jackie thought, not believing his ears. Turning 14 looked better every day. Mom might as well ask, Do you want to endure the tortures of boredom on a hard plastic chair in a freezing waiting room with nothing to eat but hospital food, so sometime in the next 24 hours you can see another baby identical to your sister's other babies? Jackie knew rule number one of parent manipulation. Never let them know you're excited. If they know, they'll ruin your hopes however they can, just to be parents. Nah, I think I'll keep an eye on the house. Yes, he shouted when the station wagon rolled out of the driveway. He planned to spend the whole night playing video games, since Mom and Dad weren't around to stop him. The cushy recliner absorbed him, and hours passed as he stared at the screen with his mouth hanging open and slack-jawed stupidity with glazed eyes. Eventually, he fell asleep, clutching his beloved remote control. Then he woke at two in the morning. So much for my big plans. He yawned groggily and channel surfed out of boredom. He settled upon a pathetic shopping channel. Gold and diamond necklaces sparkled across the screen, and a toll-free number urged viewers to call now. Something scratched at the window. 
the slow, deliberate noise came again and again. Jackie's back was to the window. If he wanted to see outside, he needed to turn around and face it. The idea didn't appeal to him, but neither did the thought of sitting with his back to the window. Scratching persisted. Just do it, Jackie thought. He bolstered the courage and spun around. What he saw caught him by surprise. He saw himself. The glow from the television cast a reflection on the window's glass. The living room window functioned like a mirror, reflecting a dark reproduction of the living room. Jackie couldn't see out, but whatever stood outside the window could definitely see him. The window rattled tentatively as the unseen voyeur tested its strength, and the scratching sound intensified. It's trying to claw its way into the house! The first clap of thunder thoroughly rattled him, and the jarring sound produced by the clattering of raindrops on metal roof of the trailer home did nothing to soothe his jumpy nerves. He couldn't tear his eyes from his mirror image. Buy both necklaces, and the earrings are yours for only $39, the screen urged. If I turn off the TV, I can see it, and the house will be dark inside, so it can't see me. The trailer home suddenly seemed like a very small place to hide. Jackie realized his hands were clenched into sweaty fists. He wiped his hands on the leather recliner, but they stayed clammy. Jackie walked backwards carefully, stretching his hands behind him and probed for the television, never taking his gaze from the nearby window. A burst of wind forced the trailer home to shudder. The window pane wobbled precariously. It's going to burst through the glass! The screeching began. A shrill howl violated any sense of safety once held by the house. It seemed to come from everywhere at once. The windows quivering became more violent as wind and rain pounded it. Jackie wished bars covered the windows. Scratch. 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 A sharp and deliberate quality possessed the screams. Jackie slid his fingers over the television set and probed for the button that would plunge the house into darkness and enable him to hide from the view of the stalker. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Jackie couldn't look away from the window as badly as he wanted to. The glass wiggled, and any second he expected it to explode, sending shards flying through the living room and permitting his tormentor to enter. His fingers found the power button after what felt like an eternity of searching. Nevertheless, he hesitated. Do I really want the house to be completely dark? Scratch, scratch, scratch. He pushed the button. The house plunged into blackness. The screeching ceased. Jackie's eyes adjusted to the darkness, and he squinted, anticipating the moment the thing outside would lunge through the window. Boom!
Jackie bolted through the living room and leaped over the sofa with all the confidence of an Olympic hurdler. He sped down the hall and into his room as fast as a 14-year-old has ever run, slammed and locked his bedroom door, and scrambled under his bed. As he curled into a ball, resisting the urge to suck his thumb, a habit he'd battled his entire life, a horrible realization dawned upon him. It's La Llorona! It had to be her. She came with a thunderstorm. She's probably in the house now. Jackie expected to hear the dreadful scratching at his bedroom door any second now. This time, there would be nowhere to run. He remembered one of his grandmother's many superstitious warnings. Once you let any supernatural being into your home, especially a ghost, it can move freely about the house. Maybe La Llorona wouldn't even need to claw her way into the room. Maybe she'd just float in. Jackie's feeble attempt at hiding seemed doomed to fail. Surely the infamous ghoul knew of his hiding place and would drag him out like a dog drags a rat squealing out of its hole. Grandmother had often described the ditch witch to her only grandson. She's a rotting old woman. Half-skeleton, wrapped in black robes and shawls. If you look into her crazed eyes, death is certain, Grandma swore. Grandma was eighty, but her ability to create vivid images never faltered. Her hair was long and stringy. It's matted with filth and mud from being under the water for so many years. Scratch, scratch, scratch. The sound was inside the room. What will she do to me? He feared the worst. Will she drag me down to the Rio Grande and give me to her drowned children? Will she tear me apart? The images racing through his mind made him pray for a quick, painless death. Jackie had always regarded his bedroom as the safest place in the house, but at this moment it became clear to him that he would have been wiser to seek refuge in his parents' room and Nicho resided over their bed. The Santos in it would have protected him. He could have lit the candles in the Nicho, and the room would have been bright and safe. Jackie cringed, envisioning sloppy fingers grabbing his feet and yanking him from this most obvious of all hiding places. Maybe she'd just flip the bed over and find him curled up on the floor, crying like a helpless baby. Jackie recalled one of Grandmother's more disturbing claims about La Llorona. Sometimes her face isn't human. She often wears a bat's head. Jackie lamented his decision not to go with his parents to the hospital. He yearned to suffer on one of those unyielding, plastic orange chairs in the waiting room, while Mom pestered the nurses for hours and Dad drank cup after cup of coffee. No matter how much coffee Dad drank, he always fell asleep, which never failed to annoy Mom. Scratch, scratch, scratch. It was under the bed. Ah! Jackie screamed. He pressed as close to the wall as he could force his body, 
His shrieks drowned out the unbearable scratching sound. He flipped over and made a pathetic attempt to dig his way to safety. He kicked and clawed at the floor hopelessly, sobbing. I cut the transfer to the communications dish. Well, you've done it. Broadcasting a scary story to everyone in the nation, on all frequencies, and causing a countrywide thunderstorm is a complete nightmare for DreamCorp. I've seen the archives. I know who you are. I know what you've done. You. You are the true nightmare. I am now. Hey, this is Matt, and your pillow to slumber expressway, Somnia. I just want to take a moment outside of Dream Corp to thank a few people. The stories you heard in the Nightmare Corp episodes are from the book La Llorona, Ghost Stories of the Southwest by Christopher Rodarte, who graciously gave me permission to tell his stories. I was traveling in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I happened to find a signed copy of his book in the local bookstore. I had never heard of stories of La Llorona, even pronouncing her name as La Llorona, and found Christopher's tales of her fascinating. The book itself features 11 such tales, as well as illustrations, author's notes, and additional little nuggets. If you like the tales, or want to find out what happened to little Jackie, La Llorona, Ghost Stories of the Southwest, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'll be placing a link to his website, LaLlloronaProductions.com, in the description. Mr. Rodarte, thank you again. Also a special thank you to Lolly Quintana, who voiced La Llorona herself in the second chapter. And last... Thank you to Chris, my wife. Without you, DreamCorp would still just be a dream. Oh, and you know what Christopher signed in my book? Sweet dreams.